What's up, everyone? Episode 12 of the pod is not number 11, as we may say in the podcast, as six. Uh, it is number 12, and our guest is Syracuse senior Jamie Tremboli. Jamie's an unreal midfielder, all-American, who can do it all, dodge, shoot, pass. And he talks about his senior class missing out on their senior year due to COVID and is now they are regrouping, going back to their super senior year. So we're pumped for him and their squad. But he also talks about his workout regimen growing up and his recruiting process, as well as it's not about the wizard more so. It's about the wand. He talks about falling in love with the stick and dialing in that thing so he could trust it. We're excited for you guys to listen. Hope you enjoy. Fantastic. All right. So I guess we'll start. Episode 11 here. I'll do the sticks. intro on my own. Sticks. Episode sticks. This is recording? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Good? Yeah. All right. Uh, so, uh, sort of in quarantine during COVID times, your season gets cut short. Uh, you come home. What have you been up to? How's everything? How you been handling it? What's been going on in your life as of the last couple months? I get asked that a lot, actually. It's honestly been pretty standard. You know, you can't really do too much. So I get my working out in. I try to hang out with my girlfriend a good deal. They <laughs> get a little too much. Yeah. Um, see my buddies, <laughs> play some golf, and yeah. just hang out with the family. You know, it's tough when you go to school. You don't necessarily get to see them as much. So I use this opportunity to kind of catch up with them. And they're moving pretty soon. So we got to steal a couple months here that we didn't think we were going to get together. And it's been pretty fun. No doubt. So we, we worked out together yesterday in the down the, uh, the old uh, man cave locker room style. I got a lot of Syracuse stuff. Uh, and you seem like you're very in tune with your workouts. Uh, when did that sort of start? Did, were you always working out down there? Did you have a trainer? How did that sort of begin? Yeah, I've always kind of been on my own. Um, since I was young, I felt like it was an important part of the game to kind of be physically yeah. in shape and strong. And as I've grown up, I've realized it's not as important as, as I made it seem, and there's definitely other things that are more important, but I still keep up with weightlifting and conditioning and training, and I've always just kind of done it on my own, done some stuff that yeah. I've found online, and when I was younger at QC, we'd do the, I'd do the workout package that the trainer sent, and, and that was very good, but since three years ago, I think I've picked up kind of a CrossFit type style, that because yeah. I, I don't necessarily have to go out in the field and run, so I try to right. get my conditioning in with my weight training and, and it's definitely I think like helped me a lot in a variety of different ways so. so early on like middle school high school days did you work out yourself or did you have a trainer myself I also really? played football so I would come in here into the victory weight room and work out with the football team and we would okay. just do like meathead stuff you know stuff yeah. kids that wasn't necessarily the most functional or the best for you as an athlete but right. just always like throwing around weights and making it making it happen Okay. So when did that start? Was that start in high school that you started moving? Yeah, probably ninth grade, maybe even eighth grade. I was just yeah. I had an older brother and he was super into it, so I kind of tagged along with him. And eighth, I'd probably say eighth grade, I started getting pretty serious into it. So awesome. So I guess from Meathead to Lacrosse Pacific, how has your uh, like workouts developed over the years? What have you learned from it? Your biggest takeaways? Biggest like subtractions from what you were doing, yeah. like kind of you know what I mean. Biggest subtractions. Definitely, it? you're into the hit workouts now. Yeah, so. take away kind of the specific body part days. So I don't yeah. really do like arm days or leg days or 
chest and back or any of the crazy things that people do. I kind of hodgepodge it all into one. So I'll have a specific like strength workout or maybe two a superset of like benching and hand cleans or yeah. squatting and RDLs. And then after that, I kind of kick it into the CrossFit style stuff and I'll do some sort of circuit with conditioning and CrossFit movements, functional movements, burpees and just stuff to get your sweat and get your lungs going so I don't have to, right. to go out and do my 400s when I'm running. So. Yeah. My legs are sore today. My mat's sore today. I didn't like touch any weights with my legs, and I was we did like thrusters, like maybe yeah. like thirty total. It's different because when you're strength training, you kind of do lower volume, heavier stuff, yeah. and then when you yeah. kick into that stuff, and you're doing high reps and lighter weight. You kind of you get the best of both worlds, and that's yeah. definitely why you're feeling it. It's just, I mean, and just Corona, Corona, <laughs> and just running pretty much. Yeah. When you when you're obviously doing the the strength training, the the weightlifting, what's your kind of time split of like? in a gym doing like strength stuff versus getting on a field and working on like lacrosse skill stuff it's tough because it, it depends on kind of the time of the year so in the off season i'm definitely more focused on kind of my body and just having fun and weight training and yeah. eating well and i get out on the wall well i think wall ball is very important which i'm sure we'll touch on later um two three times a week and i get out and shoot two three times a week too so probably an hour a day of, of some sort of exercise i take a day or two off depending on how my body's feeling, and then just as frequently as I can, try two, three times a week, hit the wall, and two, three times a week, get some shots up. I love it. I think, like, as athletes, we're always trying to find what sort of works for us specifically. I think everybody's different. So you take one workout regimen, oh, that doesn't really work for me. I don't like it. Uh, like you talked about before, I just noticed you were like, I, we haven't even stretched. We haven't really done much. you got to focus on your body, play the long game. Have you been sort of educating yourself Obviously, in the weight room, you sort of learn, but, like, beyond the weight room and, like, reading stuff and uh, sort of take from that. Definitely, yeah. I think back to my freshman year because being from Victor, we, stretching wasn't necessarily something we did very well. Coach Andre um, is a great coach, but he didn't really yeah. really stretch us out before practice. That may have been his one flaw. So going into college, I didn't necessarily think it was that important. And playing a Division one lacrosse season as an 18-year-old, I walked off. Um, after we lost and my body was just in shambles and I was yeah. like at 18 years old I should not like feel this way this is not how things are supposed to go people play professional athletes, or professional sports for 15-20 year careers right. um, so there's a better way to kind of do it so I really focused on my big thing was nutrition I wasn't necessarily eating right in the right proportions of stuff so my body wasn't getting the fuel it needed to kind of sustain a whole season um, and then stretching definitely before and after practice was a change I made sophomore year and it definitely helped me out a crap ton. So as are definitely two big things that are, I'd say, are equal in importance is you have to eat and fuel your body or you're going to fall apart and you also have to maintain the, the kinks and the mobility and work things out or you're also going to fall apart. So Right. When you, when you started picking up, so after your freshman year, that's when you started just focusing more on the stretching and nutrition. How did you kind of come to what you were doing, putting into your body? Did you talk to like a nutritionist at school, and what did you kind of settle on? At least where you're at now, would you have? What have you kind of settled on for nutrition and just your go-to kind of staples that you're trying to trying to hit? Yeah, it was kind of a work in progress. Stuff has changed throughout, even since then, the past couple of years. Um, but you're not gonna like this answer. But my main source of information was Tom Brady's book. I bought the TV Twelve book and. You're a Bills fan, so I know that yeah. that's not your favorite person, but he's really into the whole kind of whole body approach and taking care of everything. And there's 
a ton of different things that go into maintaining your body, whether it's hydration or your training or your nutrition and stretching. And I really kind of took to that because I'm a big Tom Brady fan and respect his greatness. And if he's able to do it, there's no reason I shouldn't be able to take care of my body. He's 40-something years old. So that was kind of the, the source of information for me. And then I did my own self-research into other professional athletes and how they take care of their bodies and different methodologies they have and things they do so nowadays I am focused on eating high carbs I think that works best for me and maintaining my my soreness I think if I get enough carbs in me um, and good quality carbs not crap um, I feel like that kind of keeps my muscles in check and keeps me from define define good quality carbs quality so it's like my opinion it's things that don't have gluten in them I think are high quality so rice potatoes oats things like that kind of get it done for me um, i feel like the gluten makes me feel bloated and heavy mm-hmm. um, and my muscles don't necessarily take those as well so it's interesting uh what are some takeaways from specific athletes like the tb12 that were like i guess eye-opening that you're like wow i gotta do more of this and what are are there any specifics that you sort of do on a daily on a weekly from those guys sure um sleep i guess yeah. Like I said, there was a ton of different things that they broke down, and it was pretty cool to see how much went into it and how many different focus areas there were. You really have to have everything checked in. If one's out of balance, you're really going to be um, in a world of hurt. So just, one, the fact that everything has to be in line, and two, that I wasn't sleeping enough, which is a problem. So Tom would talk about how he gets eight to nine hours of sleep every night, and he sleep certain hours and those are the best for human performance to sleep those hours and you got to kind of make sure there's no tv i used to always sleep with the tv um try to no noise no light and just really make sure you're you're dialed in and sleeping like a rock so your body fully recovers those are the two things i definitely say is just holistically how much there was and then sleep is one that i was definitely lacking what are the hours in terms of between sleep between i think 10 and 6 like the best hours for human performance so if you're sleeping say you go to bed at one and wake up at nine or whatever that sleep is significantly less um kind of healthy for you and better for your your recovery than if you sleep 10 to 6 so that's why i try to get up early i get up around seven um most days i try to um and i feel like that helps me a lot definitely i'm about that i think Waking up early, it obviously sets you up for a great day. How about uh, any sort of supplement style or like pre-workout stuff that you've maybe done in the past that you don't like and now that you do now that you do? Um, not many, honestly. I do whey protein just to kind of yeah. get some powdered protein in because it's hard to eat five, six chicken breasts a day or whatever it is to meet your kind of required amount. So I do some whey protein. I've recently, the past two years, done creatine just because I feel like it helps your performance in yeah. many, many different ways. Um, that's something some boys at school kind of got me into and just makes you a better athlete all around, in my opinion, and there's no kind of known side effects. So I was comfortable enough to, to start that, and I've been doing that for two years now, and I've noticed a lot, a big difference. Um, and then recently, like I said, I've been kind of focused on getting those good carbs in, and it's, again, hard to eat five, six quality meals with quality yeah. food. So I've got a carb supplement that has some BCAAs and electrolytes and just good quality carbs in it that I take a scoop or two of a day just to kind of meet that required number of, of carbs. So Before uh, 
Same job, same. The Creed team. That's something I've sort of looked into the last couple of weeks. I've heard. I've, really I've never things. been. A, I've never been a for it. I'm like, ah, oh, it's something about like the water weight. I had nothing yeah. behind it. I was yeah. just saying it. And then they're saying because like I'm doing the, the series and it's like game after game, and the creatine what it does it helps recovery, right. yeah. and like that's like any like steroid it's that's the biggest thing it helps st- uh, recovery so you can get back in the gym and uh, start hammering weights. So uh, when do you do creatine or how has it helped you in terms of obviously recovery but any sort of like know, when in the day yeah when in the day really, there's really I don't I've looked into it and there's there's no kind of time restraint on it you can kind of take it whenever in the yeah. day. I tend to do it right after my workout with my shake that I make. I just throw it in there. And yeah. like you said, it does help with recovery. That's kind of the biggest benefit of it. It also helps you kind of last longer where you get that burning feeling where you feel like you yeah. want to tap out. It kind of prolongs that. It, it's supposed to help your, your mental. Apparently, there's some brain effects that it, it's really good for your brain. And yeah. I don't know. It's just a variety of different things that were all positive. So I felt yeah. like it was worth kind of giving it a shot and it's definitely been great so yeah I've, I've read some Rhonda Patrick on, I started taking crazy a little before Corona when I was like actually working out and stuff I would like take it but apparently like helps get you get more water to your muscles yeah. right away like your muscles can absorb more water right. so you, it's like she was saying you can take it before a workout or after or both and it's like beneficial uh, either way yeah. I think I'm gonna mix it in now yeah um so go looking looking through your going, going back through your career, obviously you were a pretty highly touted kid in, in high school. I remember when you transferred to Victor, obviously there's a lot of hype around you. You were kind of an early commit to, to Cuse and everything like that. But looking back, going from coming to Victor to where it's obviously probably a little bit better program, you were playing with a better team, and then getting to Cuse, how have you kind of progressed as a lacrosse player? And looking back, what are some things that you kind of wish you started working on earlier? And just how have you progressed? What have been your strengths and weaknesses? How have you worked on those? Just what is your kind of just journey to where you're at now look like? It's a good, good question. Um, there's obviously a lot to kind of unpack there. But yeah, sorry. Sometimes I ask too many questions. <laughs> it's good. Honestly. Sometimes I'll be on Zoom just, and just be a like, lot oh, different shit, ways. I just three questions. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways I could go. But, um, yeah, so I grew up in Greece which is a half hour from Victor and the talent um, there just isn't kind of where it is here in Victor the program youth programs aren't kind of as run yeah. as well here so that yeah. the talent really isn't um, up to par there so I kind of kind of moved from there here um, to have a better lacrosse program which it definitely was we kind of won two state championships and that was great but going to college I think the main takeaway I had early on was that I wasn't going to get away with the stuff that I did in high school um, at the college level so that includes shooting kind of underhand low to high that's something I had to change kind of right away because I was getting stuffed by the goalies my shots were always fast in high school so I could kind of get away with shooting crappy locations and just kind of blasting a bomb but at the college level the goalies were obviously much better and they were ready for that and I was making myself look like an idiot so I kind of had a transition to an overhand high to low or high to high shot but just one where I could tuck it behind my body and not necessarily be so predictable and have it be so visible to the goalie so that was big shooting wise and the other would be my dodging I kind of was a stickler for alley dodging in high school and I would kind of make my living that way and it's a habit I got into when the players weren't as good um, in high school and I could kind of blow right past them but in college, I had to change that up and change my angles of attack and kind of work on getting to the middle of the field more. And I remember there was a, 
a game in high school we were playing in the sectionals something and I was going against uh, Jared Counters who's obviously was yeah. fantastic at the time and is still yeah. a great player in college um, and you were on the sidelines I mean you he was kind of having his way with me and I wasn't making much happen and you came up to me like dude you have to like change it up you keep doing the same thing like over and over again I don't know why that stuck with me but when I got to college and was having the same troubles I remembered your ass getting in my face about it and you kind of kind of flipped the switch to me so I definitely had to change my dodges and verify things a little bit and just throw more variety at the defenseman and that's definitely paid off so thank you you're welcome yeah and you said yesterday that our sort of games are similar. I've seen some clips since then. It's like, so where did you make your strides from like changing your game and uh, being more that cerebral player like you got? Yeah, um, a variety of different ways, honestly. So the first was changing my shooting. Um, I used to get harped on a lot by Coach and Coach Desco and even the announcers on our games when I was younger, Ryan Powell and such. We yeah. kind of rip into me they'd say I was a great player and can get a shot off kind of whenever I wanted but I would always waste it and put it right in the goalie stick and I'd have a bunch of turnovers um, that way and I was kind of being counterproductive so Mm -hmm. that harsh criticism really hit home and I really took that to heart and went out and worked on my shooting stroke and worked on because you can't just start shooting the ball low and doing it well you know you kind of have to to learn how to yank it down there and and not show that you're shooting low and dropping your stick so it, you, you can't just go out and start shooting low. It doesn't work that way. So it took me a year or so, my sophomore year, to figure out how to how to do that and the best way to to put shots past the goalie. And since then, I've kind of been pretty consistent with my step down shooting. Um, but the other side is, is dodging as a midfielder. And when I was a sophomore, we had two freshmen come in, which I play with now, and they're my best buddies. But Tucker Dordovic and Brendan Curry, um, and they were fantastic dodgers lightning quick and very polished and I wasn't there yet even though I was a year older than them and older than them sorry I had a lot to learn I looked down um, to them to kind of for guidance and took a lot of their moves and we worked after practice and stuff like that on how to how to shake a guy and not necessarily just be predictable with an alley dodge and how to get to the middle of the field and shoot coming over the top and not down the alley every time so there's been a lot of improvement that I've made in my college career and I think that's why I've enjoyed it so much is it it wasn't very easy for me coming off the bat. I, I had some early success and, and found the field and got to play, but I nece- wasn't necessarily a great player by any means. So um, the growth and kind of learning the ins and outs of the game and how to, how to become a very good player, a very good midfielder has been a cool experience. Right, yeah, I can attest to that. Honestly, taking pieces of somebody's game, I think has been my biggest part of my development. It's like I learned... Literally two weeks ago, we played a game uh, with PLL guys, and I learned from a move from Gutty, and I just took it. I'm like, I'm going to start doing this now. Yeah, it's the and best I did way. it later on, and I was like, wow, this works perfect. So uh, it's definitely huge taking pieces of people's games. That's something for, like, a life, honestly. Yeah, you really look is. to successful people and see how they're doing things, and you, yeah. you kind of shorten the learning curve that way. It's just they're doing it. They're successful with it. There's no reason why if I emulate that, I can't have yeah. success too. So that's definitely a big thing I've learned in college who have through college who have been your whether it was when you were a freshman or just going through who have been your kind of biggest mentors that you've tried to emulate whether it be on the field or off the field and what have you kind of learned from them the most outside just obviously Dordovic and Curry Um, on the team or or just and whether on the team or just off the team like whoever just mentors people you look up to yeah so early on my freshman year I came in and 
got to play with two first-team All-Americans, which was Salcido and Mariano, and they obviously kind of showed me the ropes of how to handle being a high-level Division I lacrosse player and set the standard work-wise, and I watched them put in the extra time in the weight room and on the field, and that kind of showed me how things aren't just going to come. you got to work for them. Even if great players are having great years, it's not because it's by chance or by luck. It's because they're kind of willing it. So early on it was them, and, and since then I've just – I used to watch all successful players around the Division One landscape. I used to watch Connor actually, and it kind of take some stuff from him and just other players. Ryan Brown, when I was younger, was big because, like I said, I had to relearn how to shoot. Yeah. So I would watch film on him and just because he's obviously the, one of the best shooters in the world, and his overhand release was something I tried to emulate. So for, I don't know. There's there's many players. Like I said, I take stuff from, from yeah. all over and just try to put it in my own game. So going back to like high school, was it always lacrosse? Um, you played other sports, but did you were like, hey, I want to play in college? When did that sort of start? So I played football in high school, yeah. and I like to think I was pretty good. I don't know how good I actually was, uh, but I was a quarterback, five eleven quarterback. So I really knew I wasn't going to make it very far with that. I obviously loved the game, and it was my first love for sure. Mm-hmm. And me and Sam kind of have shared that we both love football like crazy. Yeah. So. It was hard to stop playing football, but I knew it was pretty logical and, and uh, realistic that I wasn't going to make it in football necessarily right. as much as I could in lacrosse. So I kind of shift my focus in my freshman and sophomore year to being lacrosse full-time and mm-hmm. focusing on doing the recruiting stuff and the camps and developing my game there, and then I just kind of played football for fun and, and obviously enjoyed it. There's nothing like high school football, but I knew early on that lacrosse was going to be my route. Right. So what did you learn from, obviously you had an older brother going through the pipeline, what did you learn from him just in the recruiting process of how that sort of went? Obviously it was different for everybody. Probably you were, I was down to like sophomore year, started clicking down freshman, eighth graders, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So what did sort of you learn and uh, your biggest takeaways during that process? Um, it was wild, honestly, because I was part of that early, yeah. the early period there where people yeah. were getting recruited ninth, eighth, ninth grade, so. For me, it happened ninth grade. I was playing Sweet Lacks and went to Maverick Showtime and a bunch of different recruiting camps like that. And I would get phone calls all the time. And it was definitely kind of a whirlwind. I think I was 14 years old. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't really ready for that to make that sort of big decision. But what it came down to for me was I always dreamed of playing at Syracuse. And yeah. I'm a big family guy. My family all stays relatively close. So we, we knew what we wanted me to to play somewhere where they could come and support me and I could come home and I do that all the time I come home on the Sundays usually and have some dinner with my family and mm-hmm. they're at every game and so Syracuse was kind of a logical pick for me if there was like anything else in upstate New York it kind of would have rivaled Syracuse but Syracuse was the only one I talked to and yeah. I knew I wanted to stay close to home and I loved watching them play when I was growing up so Syracuse was kind of a no-brainer yeah so that the, was that the bigger piece of the recruiting, being closer to home and being around your family? Uh, was that your biggest sort of thing? Yeah, honestly, like, like I said, I was 14 years old, so I was yeah. pretty nervous to venture off and go right. somewhere. I talked to North Carolina and Duke, and I was really considering them because they're obviously great schools and great right. programs, and it would be a lot of fun to go. But I was 14 years old, and I didn't really have the, the gall to make that decision and move away from my family. Yeah. So, yeah, being close to home was huge, honestly. And it still is. But it's my favorite part of going to Syracuse. Looking back 
things obviously been pretty successful through your career. If you could talk to yourself, say, before you started getting recruited, just knowing what you know now and what works for you, what would be the biggest things to tell yourself to, to do the same or to do differently that stick out to you? So the same, I would say, just work, keep working, because I've always had that um, that trait, I guess you could call it, is just kind of working for whatever you want to do. If you want to achieve anything, it's not just going to come. you got to work for it. So early on, I was always practicing and working on my game and trying to get better. And that's definitely paid off and something I still do now. I still go out on the field and try to fix my game up and take things for other people and, and get better. But something I wouldn't, I would tell myself not to do. That was the other part. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I guess spend so much time worrying about what looks cool on the field, I would say, and more about being an efficient kind of player. Yeah. I would always kind of want to have the highlight reel goal or the top corner shot, and, and I'm sure everyone as a kid wants to do that because that's the fun part of the game. But I feel like I wasted a lot of years playing that way and not necessarily just putting the ball in that. I guess that comes in maturity and when you're younger you just want to have fun and play for fun but if you can learn at a young age how to take what's given to you take the low shots score goals it's more fun to have four or five goals in a game than to have one highlight reel so yeah. that's one thing i would definitely tell myself were there uh known like known experiences i, I don't like to call them failures but i guess like people like to label them that but like known scenarios that you learned like a big lesson from whether it was the technical side of the cross or just yourself in general like I can't be doing that again yeah there's a few <laughs> I made a couple mistakes in my day yeah. but lacrosse wise I'll stick with that um, I have been cut from a few different teams when I was probably 5th 6th grade uh, I was cut from a local team travel team around here coach is actually a long time college coach in this area and he he cut me, and I still am bitter to him for that, but um, it kind of kicked me into high gear and made me realize that I wasn't all that. Even though I was in sixth grade, I still knew I had a lot of work to do if I wanted to get to where I wanted to go. So I did, and we kind of kind of grinded for a couple of years there, and I eventually went back and tried out for that team again, kind of around the time when I was getting attention from schools, and, and I made the team. Um, and we kind of told him to kick rock. So that was a good way to, <laughs> to kind of cap that off. But I also got cut from the USA U19 team when I was a junior, I think it was. We came off a state championship, and I thought I was all that and went and got cut at the tryouts um, first round. So that kind of opened my eyes that I was going to have to work very hard if I wanted to play in college. Just because I'm a good high school player doesn't mean I'm going to make it at the next level because there's a lot of guys um, clearly that made the team that were, were better than me. and. If I wanted to play on their level, I had some work to do. So those two two cuts I kind of used as motivation, as fuel to get better, and not necessarily as negatives. Well, were those learning experiences from just, like, complacency or just lack of preparation, or what do you think was the, the main takeaway? I don't know, honestly. I think, I think I was working my butt off. I just wasn't doing the right stuff. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I was worried about looking cool and doing cool things and having yeah. highly real goals instead of just putting the ball in the net and I think if I learned that earlier on I probably would have made those teams and, and would have been like in consideration with those guys as the top players in my class going in so yeah you mentioned at the time you know those were the kind of players you want to be you want to you know make the U19 team be the best player in your area and everything and now you're talking hopefully you play pro in the future and you look at someone like Connor like kind of take things from their game 
looking forward, aspirations to play pro, what are kind of the things that you are still looking at yourself and like, I need to get better here? What are just some, some weaknesses in your game now that in order to play at the next level, obviously you don't know what's going to happen, but in your head now, what are things that you're kind of thinking about that you need to get better at and are working on a lot? Yeah, there's a lot, honestly. Um, the two that I'll pick out are two that are pretty obvious, in, in my opinion, and I think in a lot of people's opinion. And the, the first one would be my vision and my kind of ability to get my teammates involved. I'm more of a, a goal scorer, I'd say, at this point. You look at my stat lines and my buddies pick on me for it, I'll have like 30 points, whatever, and I'll be a 28-2. and two. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> I got to work on that for sure. I got to get other people involved in dodging my head up and – I'm working on it, and it's something that just comes through playing. So the more I play offs in the off season, the more I try to focus on that. And then the other is defense. I get picked on a lot for it, not being the best defensively. Uh, my defensive coordinator has headaches with me when I'm out there and get stuck. And he's actually told me, it's a funny, funny story, if there's a uh, situation where I'm stuck on the field and I could get off or I could get back on defense, but I look to the sidelines and there's a nuclear explosion, on the sidelines who because I I want you diving head first into the nuclear blast. Like, I don't <laughs> want you getting back on defense. So I'm that bad kinda um at playing someone one on one and I just I never really had to. In high school I'd play offense and we had T D so he'd win the ball and we'd yeah. go down and score and then I'd go off and he'd win the ball again and I'd go on and we'd score and it's it's hard to guard somebody so I definitely have to work on that, being a more complete midfielder and being able to play both ways. We talk about like needing to get your head up more and just playing defense is there anything that you do or can do to to work on that on your own like while you're home getting ready for next next season before you get get to cues in the fall because obviously like the defense and like just getting your teammates involved i'm sure a big piece of that is just playing a lot right. more with your guys and stuff yeah. like that but just when you're by yourself is it something that you're just like thinking about or do you try to like not look down the alley while you're by yourself is there anything you do to help yourself defensively on your own or is it just kind of waiting to get back in the fall and work on it like what's yeah I haven't necessarily this summer had the chance to, to play too much because of the virus and there hasn't been any tournaments or anything and like Placid just got cancelled so usually I play in men's leagues in the summers and go to Placid and do a couple things where I get to to play and work on my game and at those events I'll definitely focus more on because I don't at this point necessarily care about scoring goals at those things it's more about working on the things I need to work on so I'll go and and try to focus on squeezing the ball in some tight lanes and, and passing and getting some apples but I haven't this summer so I need to figure out a way to kind of work on that more if I really want to develop that um, and then defensively just really working on it in practice and, yeah. and in men's league trying not to let anyone score on you and, and actually caring because that's a big part of it for me is I have to I have to care and like take it as a personal kind of thing not to let someone score on me whereas in high school I didn't really have that when in yeah. college if you don't care and you're out there on defense your team's gonna kind of smack you in the face so those would be the two I don't know I just gotta figure out ways to, to work on them I still I still am yet to figure it out this summer but I will at some point yeah it's definitely tough to work through I remember like my each year at Maryland like my position sort of changed like my freshman year was like second line and I just tried to be like a role player sophomore year Tried to, I was the initiator on the first line. I just had to draw the slide. That was my biggest goal. And I think what changed, I had sort of the same stat line. I was just a goal scorer until senior year. I had to change. 
and I sort of changed my dodging where it was like I never focused on looking at the net. I, I don't know what it was. I would never look at the net whenever I dodge. I would look at the slide guy. That was the only guy I would stare at the whole time. Because then once I saw that, I could see the whole field on where everybody's plugging in, mm -hmm. where's the support. And I think that's what helped me a ton was just reading that slide. That's all I would look at whenever I'm dodging. I'm like, I'm not focused on this one-on-one. -on -one. I know I could beat you. Uh, focus on the slide guy. So that was my biggest sort of step in terms of getting that vision. That's cool. Piece was huge. But I guess going to Syracuse, uh, a lot of history there. Uh, I know a lot of talents every year. Um, I mean, no disrespect, but I just remember being at Maryland and be like, I felt like you guys couldn't get out of your own way sometimes. Sort of what have you learned? I guess you're a leader now on the team. Sort of what have you learned in terms of like not change, but you guys want to emphasize in terms of your season? Yeah, we, we had a coaching change this year, which I think is big for us because – our, our past coach was a great, great guy and, and definitely knew a lot about the game, but it was a little, what we were running was a little dated, um, in my opinion. So we have some some new ideas in there with our new coach, and he's he's pretty smart and does a great job. So that change in offense and change in style, I think, has helped us a lot. We had some success this past year. Um, and the old offense, I think, was pretty scoutable, and people yeah. had been going against it for 100 years or whatever it was. So... That kind of held us back personally, and then locker room wise, it's just you have to love each other if you're gonna kind of be out there and be successful. Yeah. We didn't necessarily, in my younger years, have teams that loved each other. Is the way I'll put it, and uh, I think that held us back. Guys were more focused on kind of themselves and yeah. having fun off the field and, and doing well on the field, stat wise and, and accolade wise, and and that really didn't work out well for us we had a lot of talent but we couldn't put it together and, and get big wins when it mattered when this team now I feel like we have a bunch of guys that really do love each other and are best buddies and, and we hang out on and off the field and we want what's best for each other um, on and off the field for sure so that, that seemed, seemed to be paying off we only played five games but we'll get most of those um, kind of core group of guys back next year to, to go at it again so so how has your sort of leadership changed throughout your years in terms of are you more of a vocal guy? How do you sort of carry yourself? Everybody tries to, you know, be themselves, but obviously you sort of have to step up a little as a leader. What have you sort of focused on? I'm definitely vocal. As you can tell, I, I, can, yeah. I like to talk. So I definitely put my two cents in there whenever I feel like it's necessary. And I tend to focus more on the, the things we can control and the on-the-field yeah. stuff. Um, the off-the-field stuff is what it is, and we have kind of other captains that focus on keeping guys in line there. But yeah. I'm more focused on the running things right and the X's and O's and how we can make sure that we're going to go out there and win and we're not going to make fools of ourselves and how to prepare practice each week, make sure guys are giving it busting their butt at practice. And That's kind of my approach. I focus more on the lacrosse because I feel like I, that's where I, I know what I'm talking about. So... I feel like that's where my voice and my criticism and stuff will actually matter. So I keep it kind of on X's and O's, and I feel like I do a pretty good job. So, what was what was kind of the process like? So we got, we talked to TD about it a little bit, but we just with like getting the fifth year cut short, obviously, and then getting your sixth year. And with TD, it was obviously a different situation with with Yale with just the eligibility stuff. But at Q's, what was kind of the process like for you guys? Was it like, I, we talked about it a little bit, um, but just obviously from when the season ended 
and you didn't know whether or not you were going to go back, what was kind of the deciding factor of you are definitely going back and how did that kind of come up? And did you like talk to everyone in your class and about like, you know, if I come back, everyone else has to come back or what was that kind of like, which, how did that kind of play out? So when it, when it ended, we all were obviously devastated. Um, and that lasted about a day or two because then the announcement came out that we would get eligibility back. And right when that kind of announced, the switch went off in all of our heads and we focused more on how can we make that happen and less on feeling sorry for ourselves. So our season was canceled. We kind of had our nights with the boys and we're sulking and, and we're emotional. And then once that came out, everyone was pretty much on the same page for the senior class-wise. Um, anyone that saw like significant time at least and would be able to come back so we all immediately kind of focused on the conversations we needed to have with the people in our lives that would allow us to do that um, for me it was my family my parents and my future boss so I had a job lined up so I had to clarify with him that it'd be okay to, to forego kind of starting this summer and, and push it to next summer and go back and, and spend another year and he was he was great about it he was all for it and told me I had my whole life to work, which is true, and that he'd punch me if I didn't go back because he would he would kill to be in my shoes. So he was super cool about it, and that was something I obviously had to clarify and make sure it was okay because it's kind of difficult to get a job. So I had, to, had one. I didn't want to lose it. and I know other guys went through that same situation, and it's worked out for most of them. So family-wise, you had to make sure financially and stuff like that was going to work for everyone. And our program kind of reached out to alumni and they've done a great job of supporting us and, and being able to make sure that could happen for a variety of people so those were the conversations we had to have and we had them and, and thank god it worked out for us because we're all pretty pumped to, to get yeah. back there what are you you gonna have to like take classes next year or are you just gonna be just chilling like one class or what's what's that look like syracuse has these one year certificates that you can take like if you're working say you want to go back part-time you can take a one year it's 15 credit certificate so that's what I'm going to do, and I don't know kind of what other guys are doing fully. I know some guys are doing the same as me, but it's a one-year certificate that's just 15 credits. If your boss wasn't chill, are you you're quitting that job? Am I quitting that job? Yeah. I don't know, man. That'd be a tough decision. It's, it'd be hard to give up a year, but this is a great opportunity, and also be hard to give that up. So I don't – thank God I didn't have to have those thoughts. Yeah. It was kind of a long conversation. Yeah. Within a couple minutes, I knew, like, he was on board. So that would be tough. Talk about like preparation a ton and to focus on being in the weight room now. Uh, I guess now you're in like in season. What is sort of your preparation? Thirty six hours, twenty four hours before game day. Uh, what do you focus on? Change up. Um, I kind of try to keep it the same each week. I don't really change things depending on who we're playing. I focus on me and making sure I'm ready. Um, I'll look at the scouting report and I'll watch a little bit of film on the goalie, but I don't look too far into things. Um, I feel again focus more on myself and make sure my stick and my shots are dialed in and focus on the team make sure we're running the offense right and we're executing our game plan whatever that may be for the week and just little stuff like that obviously making sure I'm getting quality sleep quality food quality hydration and I stretch out and I'm, I'm ready to roll so game day I, I do a bunch of different stuff that I do each game day it's people may think it's a little wacky but I have a little routine that I do and what's that I, here, yeah. you want to hear it spanned yeah, yeah start in the morning I guess I wake up and I uh, get my breakfast obviously and then I let's go, go let's go back a, let's go 36 hours before so like a couple days day before. before no so like 
go to bed the night before night before the day before the game Uh, that's actually good so night before the game I usually watch my film watch the goalie see how he reacts to certain things like I said I don't like to look too far into it just get a little bit of a feel on how he how he plays and then I read my scouting report because that's obviously important and and you got to make sure you're knowing people's hands and stuff like that in case you do get stuck on defense so I I make sure I know those um get to bed decent hour get some sleep nine hours or so wake up and I like I said I was that's where I was going to start eat my breakfast make sure I'm getting my carbs in I try to keep it low fat because fat doesn't digest very well and sits in your system so try to keep it low fat high carb high protein and after that is when I I recently have started I break out like a little journal and I kind of document what I want to do that day and how I want to play and I write down some goals for myself and I recently started doing that this past season and I think it really helps when you put things on paper, um, I read something I've heard many times that if you write something down, it's two and a half more times likely to happen. So I took that to heart, and I definitely sit there for about half an hour and write out some things that I want out of the game and things I want to improve on from last week and stuff, just stuff goals I have for myself. And after that, I put that away, and then I go over to the field house and usually get some shots, um, play some wall ball. Maybe team lunch or team meal, whatever it may be, and I uh, make sure I'm eating clean there again, and then head over to the dome or wherever we're playing and stretch out and tape up my stuff, ankles and stick, and just get ready to play. So. Is there anything post-game you do recovery-wise for stuff like that? Not immediately after. Yeah. No, I hang out with the guys and have some fun, but the next day we do uh, – we do have recovery workouts that our trainer prescribed if you want to do them, and I usually right. go do those. Yeah. Hit the assault bike, get some blood flow, and do the, the recovery boots and hop in the ice bath, whatever that may be, whatever I'm feeling. So I guess back to sort of like the workout stuff, is there anything that you've, your like habits changed in terms of just like preparation for lacrosse, like lacrosse-centric workouts, or has that changed in the last couple of years and what you're focused on? Workout-wise? Yeah, just like maybe even like shooting-wise, how your yeah. game's changed. You talked about that. Is any habits change that you sort of do on a daily weekly? Yeah, when I'm when I go out to shoot now, I used to go out and shoot for fun. So I'd go yeah. out and just kind of rip it from all over the field and right. shoot underhand, shoot sidearm, shoot crazy. Now I kind of know that that's not the best approach, and I go out with kind of a tactical plan of where I want to shoot from and, and why I'm doing that looks I get in the games and I take realistic shots and make yeah. sure I'm shooting kind of overhand and I'm shooting at a variety of different corners and and I think that's kind of helped take my game to the next level because when you go out and practice you have to practice like you play like people say and if you're going out just for fun and messing around um, when it comes time to play in a game and there's a last second shot or something like that you're not going to really be prepared as well as you would be if you, if you practiced it and hit that shot a thousand times so do you, do you only journal before games, or do you do anything, like, during the summer? Just right now, just before games, but it worked for me pretty well. I, I played pretty well. I don't know if that's correlated, but if it continues to, to treat me pretty well, maybe I'll extend it into other yeah. areas of life. Yeah, might as well stick with it. Yeah. I think uh, you seem obviously, you know, talker but confident guy. Is there any times in your career sort of – Maybe you second-guessing yourself, like, am I doing the right thing? Am I good enough? That confidence piece, like, the mental health, I think is huge these days. And 
nobody likes to talk about it, but is there any like points in your career like I need to start focusing on this? Absolutely. Like I said, I wasn't a great player early on. I was really struggling. Um, my freshman year, I kind of came in and was able to hide behind the two All-Americans I was playing with. Mm. But when they left in sophomore year, I was kind of given the reins as the guy, and I was getting the, the pole, and I was kind of team's first person to take away. I really, really struggled. Um, I couldn't really create much for myself, and when I was getting step-down shots, I was shooting them stupid underhand yeah. into bad locations and stuff like that. So my freshman or sophomore year, I really had like a slump, and I was really struggling and kind of all over the place in my head. Um, so I had to just the way I dealt with it, I, I worked. I just kind of went and watched film on people and, and critiqued my own game and just kind of would shoot every day and focus on how I could improve. And that paid off, and I, towards the end of the year, started to figure things out a little bit, um, and that translated into my junior year. But what really helped me, I think, the summer going into my junior year was I latched onto like, the concept of studying the mindsets of professional people. So I would look at, like, I would watch, like, Kobe Bryant videos and, and Tom Brady videos and just see how they think and how they approach the process of getting better. And it's more about focusing on and loving kind of the process of, of becoming great, not necessarily being great. So it's in the kind of the pursuit of, of excellence, not necessarily being great in itself. So that's where you where you grow and where you find happiness. So. No doubt. Love the process. Yeah. Um, so what are some of your, uh, I guess, biggest takeaways, family guy, but... Uh, biggest takeaways from just being in the COVID times and uh, what you've learned from, maybe experimented with, uh, and that you're going to do after? Oh, that's tough. <laughs> um, I guess I've been able to reach out more because I've had more time on my hands to some people that I haven't necessarily maintained relationships with through school and some old buddies and, and spending time with them and just texting and catching up so that's something that I've obviously enjoyed a lot and showed me I didn't really I let that part of my life go a little bit while I was so focused on school as I didn't maintain all the relationships that I had say in high school or, or even childhood and stuff like that so definitely rekindling those and just always being willing to reach out to people and, and stay connected is really important so what are uh some bad recommendations you hear in your area of expertise so any bad recommendations you hear from coaches or players just when it comes to lacrosse that you disagree with you're pretty feel like you're pretty huh. you're usually kind of polarizing like you <laughs> like to look things differently yeah. uh, uh, I don't like when people say it's not the wand it's a wizard that kind of drives me up a wall because the stick is very in my opinion it's very important yeah if your stick's not right it's not going to make you like a great player just by changing your stick so anyone that's listening doesn't think that's the case but it definitely does play a huge role and if your stick's not kind of dialed in your game's not going to be dialed in so right. it's, it's not that that saying pisses me off i don't like when people say that was that a a, who kind of does your sticks, and B, was that a hard transition getting to college, or did you use, like, the cues, like, Nike heads, like, through yeah. high school? Was that kind of calculated? No, I didn't I didn't think about it in high school. I always started my own, so in high school, I would do my own, and then in college, I just took whatever mesh they kind of gave me, and yeah. I tinkered with my, my what head I used and my pattern for a few years there in the beginning, and eventually I landed on one that I really liked, and kind of I do all my sticks the same way now I yeah. make sure my backups are the same and everything's strung the same same shaft same head same tape job 
everything's the same. That was something that, like, for me in Maryland, it took me so long. Like, I, I couldn't, like, I didn't use an Under Armour head, like, getting into college. And then I got to college, and I got, like, an Under Armour head, like, right before college, like, the summer. I remember Grant Catalino gave me one. I remember you and used, then I got, yeah, used it up here. Yeah, and, and, then, I, with and it. then I got to school, and, like, Tillman was telling me that, like, I had too much whip in my stick. I need to change it up. And it, like, fucked with me pretty hard. Like, yeah, honestly, it's, it's so hard yeah. to, like, figure out. And, like, that's definitely something that I would suggest for younger kids is, like, if you know what school you're going to, like, it seems obvious to us, but, like, yeah. you got to start getting acclimated to that stick, like, definitely. as soon as possible. It is huge. I mean, now it's, like, I haven't played with – I played with a different brand of sticks. Now, after college, it was all Under Armour. Then I couldn't use Under Armour in – the outdoor because I was using the sponsor so I've changed I went from string king to warrior to STX and now uh, to ECD used epic a little bit and it was like everyone was different and it truly is it's like if you don't you, you can't trust your stick you're not gonna have a good time well. you're gonna be you confident you confidence yeah. 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 confidence is huge it's it's that you can't have confidence in your stick yeah. you're not gonna play well so it is the one man it's yeah. not the ways it's a huge piece it's a huge piece People don't like to talk about it. Right. Have so. to have it in play, like, dialed in. Or it's yeah. bad news. So I guess, back to your workout. So if you had, going up to a game day, or just your standard week of working out, whatever, maybe you work 20 hours a week, if you were cutting it down to, like, 10% of your workouts to get ready for a game, what would you do to focus on being ready? Huh. 10% of, like, my week? Yeah, your week. I, I would yeah, if, you worked, if you did six hours a week... Or ten hours. This is this is easier math. If you did ten hours a week of work, but you can only do one hour in a week, what would be your ideal one hour? Huh. One hour work. One hour work week. That's hard, and that that embodies everything. Like yeah, everything I everything. do. Yeah. So I guess okay. just pick the most important, beneficial. Yeah. You're right. I would. I would definitely do some sort of wall ball. Wall ball, I think, is huge. It's something I've picked up towards the back half of my career that I never used to do through high school and, and even my freshman and sophomore year I just wouldn't do it I didn't think it was important but it's definitely huge so it's probably spend most of that hour playing on the wall if that's the only hour I had just because yeah. you can do so much and it gets your stick dialed in and helps you feel like you have control and you can practice a bunch of different moves and stuff on the wall so wall ball would be most of the hour I'm sure um, I'd get some shots just because you have to and probably if I had time I'd try to squeeze in some sort of quick conditioning type workout just to make sure I'm in shape and I can run up and down the field. Are you trying to like mix conditioning in when you were going out and shooting and you try to like mix in the conditioning like are you trying to get like game reps like sprinting down alleys and stuff or are you trying to like mix that in together? It, or? it depends on again on the time of the year right now I necessarily I don't necessarily go out with my cleats on and, and dodge hard and, and stuff like that and make sure I'm sweating I just go out and shoot around make sure my stick's dialed in and I'm maintaining kind of my skills and towards the season say in the winter when it's preseason I'll definitely I'll throw the cleats on and go out and do realistic dodges and spend some time running up and down the field and down the alley and over the middle and get realistic shots because yeah. it's closer to go time so in high school what was your like how did you kind of allot time to lacrosse throughout the year did you like play lacrosse all year and then football came around and just drop your stick and not touch it for a couple months or how did you kind of Keep, did you like mix in some lacrosse here and there? Or just what was your? Yeah, it was exactly that. What you said. I would play lacrosse for three seasons out of the year. Um, in the winter, we'd have indoor games and 
in the spring and I'd play for school in the summer I'd play travel and then in the fall my stick would would go in the closet or wherever my garage and I would just focus on enjoying football and developing my relationships with the boys on the team and, and trying to be the best quarterback and player I could be and watch football and never even nearly thought about lacrosse yeah. there for a couple months yeah. until it was go time again yeah that's kind of that's kind of me too I feel like but you're talking about wall wall and just looking at my career through Mar- like just obviously short career at Maryland but just like getting to school and like obviously I was always growing up it was like I could always pass and catch yeah. it was like I just I, thought, I, think like, it's important. I just need to just hammer my right hand and just hammer my shooting and then I got to Maryland it was like I was just a little behind like stick work wise and I was just my biggest regret was just like fucking around and just shooting at practice the whole time it was like damn I could have been on the wall for like two hours every single day during practice and I was just worried about shooting and then you get to Maryland and it's like if you can't pass and catch with everyone like at the same level like you can't even get a shot off and like that was just for me it was like I'd be fucking up in like stick lines and stuff like that and just like it just snowballed so fast and just that's so big for your confidence just like Huge. that's literally the biggest thing to start is just like start square one like I said just looking back and that's kind of the reason for this stuff is just like knowing what you should be working on just like for me it was like my biggest regret was just like not just hammering the wall for hours a day and just like I feel like I just wasted so much time but obviously gotta learn the hard way but yeah. as far as you know if we have two kids listening to this right now like <laughs> definitely like the wall wall thing is so huge and just you can't get to where you're going if you don't have that shit dialed in yeah, people list here like their youth coaches or whatever tell them to hit the wall and they think it's like nonsense and it goes in one ear not the other yeah. but it actually is like you play too a lot uh i do it honestly i do it effectively like i honestly go like maybe 15 minutes we got like 326 yeah. and i'll do like i think it just compounds where i'll do like 10 minutes a day 10 15 minutes a day especially when i was at maryland and it would just compound be good. Do so you do more than that, or yeah. do you? Yeah. Usually, it's only fifth. I have a little routine I go through. Where I do some like moves and stuff because you got to work on your hand placement yeah, yeah. on moves and stuff, and just making sure you're dialed in both hands. And yeah. probably spend 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Biggest Whenever thing I is just more wrists, yeah. ball angles, developing that that strength too. Obviously, sure. catching the ball back. That's the biggest thing. I've Definitely. Yeah. So, um, I guess the last couple questions here. Last couple questions. Ooh, the time we're getting a little cut for time. Yep. If you had, we'll do the let's try the hundred dollar question. If you yeah. hundred dollars, most beneficial purchase under a hundred dollars that brings you the most joy. I heard you ask that one earlier, and I was trying to think of stuff on my own. I still couldn't <laughs> think of anything. I had like time to prepare for this, and I still. Uh, I don't know. I recently bought like these golf shorts from Target. They were like twenty bucks. I had like six pairs because they were all, they're all really nice. They don't ride up your crotch at all, and they show off the, the thighs a little bit. So those are pretty nice. All right, I just thought of a better question actually. So your dad, we talked to we talked to TD about his dad. Obviously, high school football coach, borderline psycho. You could probably you could probably give to him. Yeah. Obviously, love that guy, but he's a he's a different human being. Yeah. And then with your dad, I know your dad is obviously a little bit out there, a little, you know, he's yep. definitely pushing you, has yep. some unorthodox things going on. What was your kind of experience like with him? Was he pushing you insanely hard? I know he's your biggest fan, but 
what did he kind of instill in you at an early age and if you have any like good stories of just like something that you look back and you're like damn like that's crazy yeah he's nuts he really is there's no other kind of way to describe him he's just a nutty dude and he's very passionate about whatever he cares about he's very passionate about it and he kind of instilled that in me and he taught me how to work hard you know he is super hard working and is like super high energy person is always doing something I took that and kind of ran with it and he showed that he's a very detail oriented guy so he would always preach that the success is kind of in the small details and I always need to focus on the small parts of of things wherever that's the cross or whatever it is and he still to this day is always very detail oriented and if I do something that's not up to his standards he'll let me know and he'll I had to sit there and hear him explain why like I should have done it differently and <laughs> and it's it's annoying but he's he's great at, at being a, a father obviously and a, and a coach and he didn't necessarily know the most about the game of lacrosse because he didn't ever played and where he's from they didn't have it but he was more about just how to be a good teammate and how to work hard and if I was ever like he didn't care if I scored a bunch of goals but if I was like not hustling that's when he would really I would I would come off the field and I would know right away like I dogged it today and the car ride home would be pretty brutal and I just have him in my ear for however long the car ride was and again he didn't know much about the game but he taught me how to how to be an athlete and how to be a hard worker so yeah billboard billboard wrap it up all right so last question million dollar question if you could put something on a billboard probably a quote but something on a billboard for billions of people to see every single day getting out of bed just you get to put something in front of their face on a billboard every day what would you put on the billboard Oh, that's a good question. Very hard question, though. First thing that comes to the head. I already hit on it earlier, I guess, but I'll, I'll mention again that, for me at least, in my experiences, and I've heard a bunch of stories of some professional athletes that, that say the same thing, but pursuit of excellence is where you'll kind of find happiness, or the pursuit of something that you want. So the daily grind and the process is where you'll kind of be happiest and not the end achievement doesn't necessarily kind of produce happiness so I've heard stories of professional athletes winning like the Super Bowl or or gold medals or whatever it is and they they look around and they're like I really wasn't I guess happy in that moment as I thought I was going to be so you kind of I don't know just if people know that enjoying the process and the pursuit of something is is where you're going to be happy then people will be more happy I think on a day to day alright so let's uh, let's fit that on a billboard cut it down to a couple Uh, words Happiness is in the pursuit, not in end achievement. Something like that. All right. I like it. All right. I like it. Any any questions you saw that you wish we asked you or anything? You guys did a great job. Very, very good. Good. That was awesome. Good shit. It was good. Appreciate it. Sticks. Sticks. I haven't heard that one in a while. Episode sticks. Emotional almost. I'm going to cry, I think. Yeah. uh, That was fun. I blabble too much. I tend to go on rampages. You got it. That's good. It's just under an hour. It's what we needed time-wise.